Let's read together Isaiah 53 again as we're continuing through the Suffering Servant series, the Rethink series. Isaiah writes, Who has believed our message? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by man, a man of sorrows and familiar with suffering. Like one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised. And we esteemed him not. Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows, yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted. He did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away, and who can speak of his descendants? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgressions of my people he was stricken. He was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death, though he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. It was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. And though the Lord made his life a guilt offering, he will see his offspring and prolong his days, and the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. After the suffering of his soul, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many, and he will bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will give him a portion among the great, and he will divide the spoils with the strong, because he poured out his life unto death and was numbered with the transgressors. For he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. Lord, um, thank you for your word. Thank you for this passage from Isaiah, Lord. Help us now as we um, unpack it once again, as we continue to look at this passage, Lord, that we will see it fresh and anew, and you will speak to our spirits uh, through your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. We're in the midst of our Rethink series, and we've been in this, uh, this is week four, and uh, and, and we've talked, talked about how an unconsidered life is not worth living. We've, we've used the, the Socrates quote as the beginning most weeks. And we use Paul in 1 Corinthians telling us to examine our lives. And, and we've talked about rethink, not in, in the ideal that change is always necessary, but, but we have this possibility in our life to begin to, begin to drift, or we, we can have familiarity blindness to circumstances, and our life can shift, or we can drift, and, and, and in some cases we can find ourselves completely out of sync with what we had intended with our life. And so it's important to take periods of time and just examine our lives and see where we are in relation to life, in relation to our faith, in relation to our relationships with others. And, and Lent's one of those periods. Uh, it's a period of time in our spiritual life when, when we look at the suffering of Jesus. We, we looked at what Jesus did to bring us into relationship with our Heavenly Father. And we consider our own lives in the light of the suffering of Jesus. And it helps us orient how we're living our lives. And, and we've talked about rethinking wisdom and success. What, what, what's it mean to be wise? What's it mean to succeed? And we, we've talked about power. How should we use the power that we have? Everybody in this room has 
some level of authority, some level of power. And how are you using that power? And, and last week we talked about finding our identity in God. And this week we're going to talk about something everyone loves to talk about. The, 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 the title of this passage, suffering. You, you can't read this passage. You can't look at the life of Jesus without considering suffering. And, and most of us, it's not a topic we like. Nobody runs to suffering. Nobody wants to suffer. Nobody wants to see anyone else suffer. But suffering is an important thing to consider because everyone in this room will suffer to some level and how we handle that suffering matters. The main verses are verses 4 and 5. It says, Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows. It just reminds me of the old joke, don't call me Shirley, right? <laughs> Shirley took up our... I know, sorry, I just... I, my, 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 you know, squirrel. Uh, sorry, it just took me off for a second. Lord, help me to get back to what I was talking about. <laughs> he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows, yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon it, and by his wounds we are healed. Suffering is universal. Suffering is a part of every human's life that ever uh, walks the face of earth. Everyone suffers to some extent. And, 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 and there's different levels of suffering. That, that there, there's, there's extreme suffering, and, and then, then there, there's the minor suffering. You know, that daylight savings is suffering, praise the Lord. Um, you, know, it, you know, we do it on Sunday because that's not a work day. It's a work day for some of us, okay? Uh, so, so daylight savings, is, there's these levels of suffering, and that's minor, and, and, and all of us go through these, these periods in our life where we get so caught up in these minor sufferings that we're going through. You know, the coffee's not hot enough, the service isn't quick enough, the, the car's not, you know, we have a flat tire, and, and we have to change the tire in the rain. And so there's levels of suffering. And in this room, there are people that have went through some very extreme suffering. And so when we talk about suffering, I understand some of you have really been through it. And you've lived it. And I want you to know, for some of you, I have seen Jesus Christ in you as you have walked through suffering. I think there's something about suffering and when we're walking through hard times, that Jesus just draws us up close, if we'll let him. And I think it's because, as the Hebrew writer says, we have a Savior that's acquainted with temptation and suffering. And when he sees us going through things, he understands exactly the pain you're going through. Jesus suffered. And the suffering of Jesus was what I call redemptive suffering. It was suffering with a purpose. He was pierced. He was crushed. With his stripes, we are healed. 
And so, so there's something about the suffering of Jesus that brings redemption, that, that brings salvation, that brings healing. I, I love some of the old hymns and some of the new hymns. Uh, the, Arise, my soul, arise. Charles Wesley's great hymn. Fly, five bleeding wounds he bears. Received on Calvary. They pour effectual prayers. They strongly plead for me. Forgive him, oh forgive, they cry. Forgive him, oh forgive, they cry. Nor let that ransom sinner die. And you have hymns that, that, that you've sang and it, it talks about the blood and it talks about the cross and it talks about the suffering of Jesus. And, and, and we wear little crosses, not because we, we like the jewelry, but, but there's something about the suffering of Jesus that we realize in this suffering and what Jesus does, we find life. And so we sing songs. Can, can, can you take yourself outside Yourself and, and, and view us as an outsider might view us and, and see crosses in our sanctuary, these emblems of, of suffering and shame and pain. And, 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 and we celebrate these things because we understand the meaning of them. That, that Jesus wasn't just a good man that died, but through his suffering, Jesus brought salvation and redemption. I don't think there's enough songs that's been written or it could ever be written about the way Jesus suffered. Bethel just recently wrote in the last five years for the cross. And we sang that, I believe, last week, if I'm not mistaken. The life you gave, your body was broken, your love poured out, you bled and you died for me. There on that cross, you breathed your last as you were crucified. You gave it all for me. And then the refrain, hallelujah, what a savior. Hallelujah, what a friend. Hallelujah, king forever. We thank you for the cross. Jesus suffered. And Jesus suffered in an extreme and a severe way. As I thought about that, and before we go any further, and as we consider our sufferings and rethink our sufferings, Jesus suffered extremely because we were extremely lost. We were so lost. And Jesus made a way through His suffering. And when we see His suffering, we can catch a glimpse of how lost we were. See, we get, we get saved and, and, and we get, become part of a church and, and we get our lives kind of cleaned up and we begin to, 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 to understand the language, the lingo, the way of life and we begin to live here and we forget how lost we were. We begin to forget that it's not based on anything I've ever done. It's not based on my righteousness, but it's based on a Savior suffering and dying on a cross. From the day I'm saved until the day I die, my salvation comes from Him. And it makes me wonder, how could we ever stop singing? How could we ever stop celebrating this Jesus that died for us? This morning, <laughs> you know, before we go any further, this isn't in the notes, but th this is so important. All head, eyes closed, all heads bowed. 
You know, we're not going to open the altar, and I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but, but where are you? <laughs> Have you grabbed hold of this Savior that died for you? Have you accepted Him? Have you seen the gravity of your sins and your need for a Savior? Lord, help us right now as we just stop and think about the suffering of Jesus, the way He died and what He died for. Lord, if there's anything within me that's holding back from You, may I release it. May I cling to the cross. May I cling, put my faith completely in Jesus Christ, crucified, dead, and buried, and, and risen on the third day for my salvation. Help us, Lord, to celebrate the cross, to celebrate the suffering of Jesus, because in his suffering we find life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Do we have the words? What's the next slide? Can, can you say this with me? Hallelujah, what a Savior. Hallelujah, what a friend. Hallelujah, King forever. We thank you for the cross. But suffering can be more. It's, it, it's, it's more than just the suffering of Jesus. Since we suffer, I think when we look at the suffering of Jesus, we need to look at how we're suffering. And if we're suffering in a way as followers of Jesus, which is consistent with Him. See, our suffering can be redemptive. We don't want to suffer. And I see some of the hardships you folks have went through. And, and, and I know you don't want to suffer like that. And I don't, want, I don't want to see you suffer like that. Two weeks ago, my father-in-law fell and he, he broke his sacrum. And uh, the sacrum is the bone at the bottom of the spine. He kept telling everybody he broke his tailbone. That's not the tailbone. It's above the tailbone. And, and, and he couldn't walk. And so finally, last Sunday night, we had to take him to the hospital to get him in a rehab center so he gets some help. And, you know, he's suffering now. His suffering can be redemptive. I mean, it can be. I don't want to see him going through that, at least not all the time. You know, every once in a while, he's my father-in-law. You know, you guys know how that is? No, not really. I don't want to see anybody suffer, but our suffering can serve a higher purpose. I, I, I think you've got to be careful here when you're talking about suffering. I, I, I don't think that God causes all suffering, but God uses all suffering. You know, in, in this sin-marred world, there is suffering that occurs that, that's independent, that, that God weeps with us. But suffering can be redemptive. Now, I, 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 I'm going to divide this as we move through this into, into two different types of suffering. I, I, I believe there's... I'm going to call it passive suffering and active suffering. And and just as we move through this, passive suffering is just suffering that occurs as a matter of life. It's not a choice. It's it's not active suffering. It's a suffering that occurs when we choose kingdom values. If you choose to truly live for the kingdom, there should be some level of suffering in your life because you're living in opposition to the culture. Right? You understand what I'm saying? 
So, so there's that type of suffering. And then there's just passive suffering that, that happens because we live in a sin-marred world. That, 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 that there's, there's sickness, that there's relationship issues. There's all these things that happen and there's suffering in that. It, it's not that we're choosing it because we're choosing kingdom values. Passive suffering can be redemptive. And, and I've witnessed this. I've witnessed people go through suffering in such a way that it is personally redemptive to them and it's redemptive to other folks as well. The, the church Josh and I was at, uh, well, before many years before here, Tri-County Nazarene, the, the pastor's wife there was Darlene Walters and, and Darlene, uh, would, would lead the prayer ministry for, for the church on Wednesday night. And I heard Darlene say often on Wednesday nights, she would say the phrase, Jesus lives close to the floor. <laughs> and what she meant by that was in those times of her life where she was desperate and she didn't know where else to go, she was kneeling down or laying down in front of an altar broken. And the ideal is when we come to those areas where there's nowhere else to turn and we just lay face first on the floor, we find Jesus. It's possible. In our suffering, that, 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 that it can, personal suffering can become personally redemptive. In other words, we, we can draw closer to God. God. God hasn't caused it for that purpose, but God can use it to build our faith. As I look around this room, I see many of you that have been through times like that, and you know what I'm talking about. Paul writes, not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings. (laughs) Because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he's given us. Suffering leading to hope. And we we live in an upside down kingdom, right? You understand that as followers of Jesus Christ, Jesus is inviting us to something unique and different than what the world would say. The the world, our culture would say, hope is built by big bank accounts, by perfect health, by every relationship being great. Our culture would say, when everything is going smoothly, you should have hope. And Jesus says, no. When you're suffering, you can get to this point of trust and faith And that is where true hope is found. It's a grand reversal. Personal redemption leading to hope. Now, it's not always the case. We we, we know it it depends on how we approach, how how we go through these things. Oswald Chambers says, We all know people who have been made much meaner and more irritable and more intolerable to live with by suffering. It's not right to say that all suffering perfects. It only perfects one type of person, the one who accepts the call of God in Christ Jesus. In other words, folks, there's an attitude that we need in suffering. 
And the attitude is, I don't know why. I don't, I, I don't know all, all the what ifs. I, I can't understand this. I don't like this. But I will accept the call of God in my life and I will trust him in all things. Passive suffering can be redemptive for others because passive suffering can show others the power of God. In other words, has anybody ever stopped and watched somebody go through suffering and your faith has been built because you've watched them go through suffering and you've thought that has to be God at work in them? <laughs> I see Terry Moore there and you know, Terry, you, you've went through some things and and I see Jim back there and all with Evelyn and, and, and I saw how you guys loved them. I, you know, I think Thad and Sarah and all you guys had to go through and, and it's not been easy. And so many more in this room. You, you've suffered in such extreme ways and yet you're still here. <laughs> not to go back to try, but Dan and I would do Communion every, every Christmas Eve and people would come in by families and, and they'd kneel at the altar and, and, and you'd sit with families and as you sat with families and you served communion, you could, you could kind of look back at what happened through the year. And lots of times, some of the things weren't very good. And Dan would always say, well, it's another year and here you are. <laughs> Sometimes just being here you are, is enough. You know, God's not expecting you to stand on a mountaintop and say, thank you, God. It's been a banner year. But just to be here, here I am, Lord. Here I am. And I've watched you, you guys have walked faithfully through things you didn't want to walk through. And it's been redemptive in my life. Paul talks about this. He's got this thorn in the flesh and all sorts of debate what, what the, the, the thorn in the flesh that Paul suffers with. And he asks God to remove it. And he, I, think, I think he says, I asked God three times to remove it. And he says, God, he, Paul says, God said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is perfected in weakness. I don't much like that. Honestly, I don't. And it's, and it's been ingrained in us from early on to be strong, to be our own people, that, that it's not weakness that's valued, but it's strength. And God's saying through Paul, when you're going through things and you're at the end of yourself, then people can really see me. <laughs> Passive suffering can be redemptive. And, and the question is, can others see God in your suffering? Whatever you're going through or whatever is going to happen in the next, next few years or few months or few weeks, can, can people see God in your suffering? Active suffering is suffering that occurs when we intentionally choose kingdom of God values. So, so there's passive suffering that just happens as a matter of course in life. And then there's active suffering. There's, there's these things that happen to us when we choose the kingdom of God over the kingdom of this world. 
I, I think of the, the, the Radcliffs. My, my son married a missionary's daughter, and, and the Radcliffs uh, went to Papua New Guinea, and, and, and Jim Radcliffe was a medical doctor, and he could have made oodles and oodles of money in the United States, graduated from Ohio State, and could have made a ton of money as a medical doctor in the States, but he, but he chose to be a medical missionary to Papua New Guinea, and, and really, you know, he, he's back, he's retired, and guess what he's having to do? He's having to work. <laughs> They couldn't work any longer on the mission field. They, they, they retire missionaries after a certain period. And, and so he's back here and he's having to find a way to earn some money because he didn't make enough to retire early enough. Sacrifice. You know, Terry and I will, every once in a while, you know, Wyatt moved out to Portland and we'll complain about that. And, you know, Priscilla's his, Wyatt's wife and she's in Portland and, you know, when we complain about it in front of the Radcliffe's, we feel a little bit of guilt <laughs> so, since they went to Papua New Guinea and didn't see family. I mean, now we live in the age of, of FaceTime and, 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 and ways to, to, to live stream. And, you know, when they went, all those things weren't available and maybe a phone call once a month. And, and, and we look at them leaving their family behind and, and, and we feel a little bit guilty about complaining about six hours on an airplane missionaries. You, you hear stories all the time. I saw um, Saeed, the pastor in Iran that was in prison for so long. Uh, I saw his wife in, in, um, in the spring of 2014 at Beaver Creek Church of the Nazarene, and she shared uh, what they were going through. And, and I think they've still had some major things as a family they've went through. But she shared what was going on in his imprisonment, and it was like listening to the Apostle Paul talking about suffering. And I got to tell you, you could see God on her as she shared what they were going through as a family. And choosing kingdom values can, can bring extreme suffering in the lives of people. And, and, and you see it with missionary. You've, you guys have all heard missionary stories where, you know, they, they lost all their kids. You ever heard of Jim Elliott? Jim Elliott is famous for the quote, He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. Jim Elliott and, and a few other missionaries, I think there was three other guys, were in Ecuador trying to reach a remote tribe. And, uh, and when they were there, they had made the decision that, that if it came to, to killing a tribesman that didn't know Jesus, they wouldn't. And so although they were armed, that they had accepted that they could very well die if they were attacked without defending themselves. And sure enough, on a beach, they, they, they had been there several days, and, and here comes this remote tribe armed with spears. And, and, and although they were armed, they didn't defend themselves, and they were killed. 29 years old, with, with a wife, with a child. Uh, there, there's a movie out called The End of the Spear, and... Uh, it's based on a true, the true story of Jim Elliott where, where the son actually has went back to this tribe. They, they become Christians, many in this tribe, because of Jim Elliott and, and the way they died. And, and he goes back to, to Ecuador to encounter, and he encounters one of the guys that killed his father. See, see it's possible to suffer just by choosing the kingdom of God. And then I think choosing the kingdom of God, we can suffer for others. 
We can bear the burdens of others. We, we actively practice redemptive suffering when we bury, bear others' burdens. You guys have heard the story. It's in, it's in Luke chapter 5, and Jesus is healing, and, and it, you know, it, the, the crowds are all around him. We talked about that last week when, when Jesus was healing. Man, he was popular. And so Jesus is healing, and, and the crowds have gathered around this house, and, and this group of friends bring their paralytic friend, and, and they can't get through the crowds, and so they get up on top of the house and start digging through the roof. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus, for visiting my home and having somebody dig through my roof, right? And, and so they go through all this effort just to, just to bring their friend to Jesus. So, see, we, we can suffer. You can suffer. For others, that you, you can bear their burdens. And, and, and I think when we, we see Jesus, the, the suffering that he did was, was burden-bearing. He was, he was bearing our burdens. And, and so I believe we become most Christ-like when we suffer for others. So four, five questions, or four questions here. I can't, I can't count. It's too early in the morning. Is your suffering redemptive? I know you're suffering. I, I know you're going through something. Are you allowing God to use that in a redemptive way? Are you allowing suffering to grow your faith? Not easy. Can I get an amen? It's not easy. I, I think our natural tendency, my natural tendency... When things don't go my way is to be upset because things aren't going my way. <laughs> I know, that's just me. You guys are all completely, you're all. <laughs> are you allowing your suffering to grow your faith? Are you showing others God in your suffering? <laughs> you realize people watch us, Right? Do you realize your unbelieving friends and relatives and neighbors are watching how you walk through suffering? They, they may, never may say anything, but they're watching. Are you showing God in your suffering? Are you living kingdom values? Man, it is so easy. It is so easy to get sucked into our culture. Isn't it? It is. It's so much easier just to do the culture thing and, 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 and live for the same values. You know, it's, it's what Jim Elliott says. He's no fool that gives what he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. In other words, you know, it's, it's not an eternal thing when we live for cultural things, but it's a lot easier. Are you choosing kingdom values? And finally, are you bearing others' burdens? Two weeks ago, I was in church, and I got permission to share this picture. Can, can you throw that picture up? If you're not in the second service, you usually don't get to see Mitchell and Jenny. Uh, Todd Gates and Jenny sit right about there, and, and, and Mitchell is their autistic son. That I, you know, I don't know, Mitchell must be 22, 23, big, big old guy, and if you've, been, if you've been in the second service, you ever seen Mitchell laying over on Jenny? 
And I, you know, it always brings a joy to my, my heart. I, every morning I, I see Mitchell and I say, Mitchell, good morning. And he says, good morning. Uh, two or three Sundays ago, Mitchell, or um, Jenny and Todd weren't here. And Mitchell came with Brock and Chloe. Chloe's here to the left and Brock is on his right. Brock is his brother-in-law. And, and it just struck me that, that Mitchell was leaning <laughs> on Brock. <laughs> are you bearing others' burdens? <laughs> are, are you allowing others to lean on you? All heads bowed, all eyes closed. We're not going to play any music. Um, we we are, have intentionally streamlined service so that we have space for prayer. Uh, space for you to talk to God. And so we intentionally in these moments give you two or three minutes. And, and, and if you're not comfortable in silence, you get antsy. All heads bowed, all eyes closed. Raise your hand if you get antsy in this time. Be honest. Let's see your hands. Come on. I know some of you do. I watch you. But this is important. I've spoken. Can you take just a couple minutes to allow God to speak in your life. And then Pastor Bob's going to close us in prayer. Lord, help us to be attentive to you.